for joining me for this week's episode of the Inner Circle podcast. Uh, I have with me this week uh, Kamal Shah from Stack Rocks. So Kamal, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Thank you, Tony. Delighted to be here with you today. Um, so I am Kamal Shah. I am CEO of Stack Rocks, which is a leading provider of security and compliance solutions for cloud native application architectures. Uh, prior to Stack Rocks, I have been fortunate and lucky to be part of two companies, uh, two startups that have had successful exits. Clearwell, which was acquired by Symantec and Skyhi Networks, which was most recently acquired by McAfee. Not too shabby. Um, so let's talk then. Uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, just kind of Stack Rocks in general. Um, you know, you're you're in you're in container security. So, can you give me a little bit about, I guess, sort of uh, the 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 genesis of Stack Rocks and and where you're at now? Yeah, absolutely. If you take a step back, uh, it, what's interesting is that we are seeing a significant architectural shift uh, in the market today as enterprises. Uh, are embracing microservices, containers, and Kubernetes as part of their application uh, development stack. I mean, it's a massive dislocation, and and they are adopting it for for the right reasons because it drives business agility. It's much faster to build, test, and deploy applications. It also provides additional benefits around cost and portability because now you can run containers anywhere whether it's on-premises or any of the major cloud platform providers. And, and what's, what's happened is with this architectural shift, there has also been a growing need around security and addressing security concerns. And these are similar concerns that we've seen in the past and that are common use cases, but they now need to be reimagined for microservices, containers, and Kubernetes. And that's really was the genesis behind the formation of the company. And today, you know, we are fortunate to have the, the opportunity to work with you know, cloud native startups to large banks to uh, other companies in, in the Global 5000 to large agencies in the federal government who are all adopting uh, StackRock container security platform to address the security and compliance needs as they deploy microservices, containers, and Kubernetes. Okay, but okay, not, not really a but, but um, in its sort of like uh, origin form, I mean, StackRocks had a, a more particular focus on runtime. It was a about runtime security, runtime security, uh, and I've noticed that uh, over the last year, year and a half, there's been a a transition to a, a, a more comprehensive, like you know, end to end of that container lifecycle uh, security, and not just uh, runtime. And I think that, that may, it makes sense because I think there are things that you can sort of see and fix and build, and there are things that you can see and fix during deploy, and then there are things that you can, you know, address uh, during runtime. And I think each one of those three plays an important part. And that if you only have you know one or two of them. Then you're leaving yourself exposed on on, an, on another blind spot. Uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about that, about kind of the comprehensive 
view of visibility of the container security lifecycle. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're spot on, Tony. As you know, the the founders of StackRox have uh, you know, focused on addressing runtime security, and they built a tremendous team of AI ML experts. And it was really, you know, their background and experience was on runtime security. And they also felt that runtime security uh, was going to be the hardest problem in the the entire life cycle. So they focused on that first and, and being a very customer centric organization as we took the product out to customers, um, you know, uh, the early customers, the early adopters of the product uh, loved the runtime security part of it, but they also had use cases that they wanted to address in the built and deploy phase. And so over the last uh, 18 months or so, we, uh, we have expanded the product footprint to cover and address these use cases in the build and deploy phase of the lifecycle as well. And, and you know, markets evolve, right? So in, 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 you see this in, in any new emerging market, um, you, they, the needs of the customers evolve. And what we are seeing today is that customers want a single product to really address all of their use cases. Whereas in other markets and security, we've seen these use cases being addressed by different vendors. But when it comes to containers and Kubernetes security, uh, it just makes a lot of sense given, given how containers and Kubernetes are deployed and that, that all these capabilities are part and parcel of one single product or platform, I should say. I, right, I agree. And I think, I think you know, at the time that StackRocks uh, first uh, appeared in the market and came uh, with the uh, runtime security. At the time, I feel like that was a that was a differentiator. That was, and so I can understand the logic behind saying, "Hey, we want to get into the container security space." Uh, there's already Twistlock. There's already Black Duck. There's already people doing you know things out there, um, and and so I felt like that that was a unique. Uh, value proposition at the time, because I, I didn't feel like anyone else was really doing runtime, um, or at least not doing it as well or, or as effectively as what StackRox had to offer. But then, like you just described, I mean, I think then there's an evolution that kind of happens after that of, okay, you've come into the market, you've got this runtime tool, that's great, but I'd still like to be able to, you know, address issues in the build phase and in the deploy phase, not just detect issues in the runtime. Um, and to me, that's all that, that that is all kind of part of this kind of overarching cultural shift that's happened in security in general, in DevOps in particular, of of uh, this this shift left concept and everything everything we want everything to shift left. We want security to come earlier in the in the life cycle. And that's that's great, um, but you know another thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, with you is the idea that you, you it doesn't it doesn't really work or it doesn't really help if you shift left for the sake of shifting left. Uh, that you have to shift left intelligently or shift left effectively, and that you know just saying oh well I did a vulnerability scan during the build phase doesn't necessarily improve your security. That's exactly right. I mean, so I think, you know, both points are 
spot on and consistent, Tony, with what we are hearing from our customers every day. So the shift, the move to the left or shift left is extremely important because in a DevOps world, you know, the, the whole idea is you have infrastructure as code, you have security as code. And so as a result, you want to make sure that you are uh, shifting left and checking for that as part of your build phase, right? When you are actually writing and developing and pushing code. At the same time, what you have to do is understand the, the context around the, your, your development processes and make sure that you're not just taking a isolated image-centric view, but you are actually taking a deployment-centric view of what's going on. And what I mean by that is, it's very easy to go scan images in your registry and then say, hey, look, here are all the images with the vulnerability score of seven or higher. And all the traditional uh, image scanning or vulnerability management tools do that. Now, if you go take that and you go send it to the dev team and say, hey, Here's a list of 100 vulnerabilities to to address. Yeah, they're gonna be like, I can't, I don't, I can't get to it. I don't even know if this is the problem is in the base image, which is managed by a different team, or is is in the code that I have added on top of it, uh, or and and is it really deployed anywhere? And so what what we had, the approach that we've taken is by by deeply integrating with Kubernetes, for example, we give you a deployment centric view of risks in your environment. So, we'll, for example, if we find an image with a high vulnerability score, and we'll go through the next important step of saying, hey, is this image even deployed anywhere? If it's deployed, is it in test or is it in production? You know, looking at the labels, we identify who's the owner of this deployment. Is it a critical BU? Uh, what data is that image uh, accessing? What secrets is it accessing? Uh, what's the network configuration? Is it, is it externally accessible? And then based on that, we'll give you a prioritized list of risks in your environment. And, and therefore, you can act on risks that are greatest as opposed to you know, a laundry list of 100 uh, vulnerabilities. And if you, if, you, if you reflect back on what happened with Equifax, and I'm sorry to bring up a old, uh, you know, old um, breach, but the Apache Struts vulnerability was known, right? But this didn't have a context uh, around it to prioritize the application that was that was externally accessible, that had access to customer data as the number one uh, risk that needed to be addressed by the team. So they were addressing other prior other uh, vulnerabilities, Apache Struts vulnerabilities, as opposed to the most important one. And 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 that's kind of the the important part that you also had to take into account as you shift left. Absolutely. I mean, so yeah, you know, your your point about uh, Equifax, I think, is it, it is it is an an older breach, but it's still the uh, the marquee breach in recent memory. You know, it's like we talked about Sony, we talked about Target, we talked about TJ Maxx. You know, so until someone else comes along to to unseat it, you know, we'll, we'll continue talking about Equifax. Um, and, and but it, it you you bring up a, a very good point, which is on the one hand, you know, having having broad visibility, have, you know, being able to see the entire container lifecycle and being able to protect the entire container lifecycle, that is important. Um, but context is just as important as visibility. And when it comes to like how you prioritize and how you address that, you know, and how you allocate resources, because, you know, like, like you said, if I, if I run the vulnerability scan across my environment and I find out, hey, I've got 
you know 500 uh, you know servers that that potentially have or that have this vulnerability and are exposed to risk and I say okay but only 10 of those are public facing servers that have customer data on them you know it's important that I start there exactly and and with containers and kubernetes you now have all of this information the advance one of the big advantages of immutable and declarative you know infrastructure and, and code is that all the data is now available for you to take advantage of, uh, but you have to, you know, in order to do that, you have to deeply integrate with, with the orchestrator, with Kubernetes to provide that contact. And so, and that's just one example of, uh, you know, how organizations are thinking about this, right? And this is, yeah, we're very fortunate to have the luxury of working with great customers who are, you know, helping us and giving us great feedback around how to think about the product and 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 requirements that they that they have. Another example of this is around around networking, right? So if you think about Kubernetes, the the default is that it's all open, so every service can talk to everybody. And by by looking at the actual behavior of how things work. Uh, you can go, you can look at the network and say, look, here are all the active connections, here are all the allowed connections. And, and based again on the criticality of a particular service, you can disallow connections that are not needed. So what you're doing is really hardening your environment so that if there is a breach, your blast radius is limited and you, you minimize the impact of the breach, right? So again, this is a, a, a very uh, smart way of, of making sure that uh, you are continuously hardening your environment uh, as you as you deploy infrastructure as code and as you deploy containers and and and, and strengthen the security of your deployment. Okay. Um, uh, well, actually, so I have, I have two things, but let's start with um, you know, kind of playing off of what you just said, which is. One of the things uh, which I've I've read uh, in in blog posts and, and white papers from the Stack Rocks uh, website is uh, this idea, and and I want to talk about it for the audience, of because your your because the platform is looking at the whole container lifecycle, and the container lifecycle itself is uh, kind of a self-feeding circle, and it's iterative. That you know, over time, the the uh, kind of the the attack surface that you're trying to deal with should also shrink because if you're you know you deal with it you, you know you're dealing with issues in build so you should have that much less to deal with in deploy and that much less to deal with in runtime and then whatever you learn and find in each of those stages kind of feeds back and and drives the next iteration. Exactly and. You know, Gardner talks about this concept of uh, you know, continuous security, and um, and what that really means is you take learnings from the build and deploy phase, and you apply it to runtime, and take learnings from runtime and deploy and implement in the build and deploy phase. Right. So, looking at the behavior in runtime, we can make recommendations on a what are the critical services, what data are they accessing, and why what should they should everybody have key to that service, or should it only be um, you know folks that really need it. Another example is that if you if a container has to run as a privileged container as defined in the build and deploy phase, right, and as, as declared in that phase, 
then what you do is say, okay, let's make sure that we put extra emphasis on monitoring the container and runtime. If you see any behavior, the tolerance of any behavior that's out of the norm is much lower because it has the ability to run as a as a privileged container, for example, right? Or um, you know, if you, if you notice that there is some uh, unusual behavior and uh, or a new vulnerability is discovered in in an image, how do you quickly uh, in a matter of uh, seconds say, okay, by the way, here are all the other deployments in production that are also impacted, and and let's go and change the 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 configuration of those deployments in the build and deploy phase uh, to make sure they are not exploited. There's a lots of real lots of real world examples, but it is it is not a hey I'm going to throw something from build and build and deploy over to runtime and and forget about it. It needs to be an ongoing uh, feedback loop and learnings across uh, between the two. And so that also is a a important concept and. It was, it's interesting here, Tony, is that the the DevOps, uh, you know, the team. I mean, they completely get it, right? And 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 they understand the notion that the intelligence needs to be fed in, in both directions, and and want to make sure that they continue to leverage that. Okay. Um, so the other the, the other thing that I wanted to get at is um, earlier in the conversation you talked about, you know, when when you when you were when you were first talking about kind of the vulnerability scanning and, and context and kind of pulling that list together and saying hey these are the things that you should address first um, I wanted to clarify is there a a function within the snack rocks platform that is uh, kind of allocating assigning monitoring uh, those tickets or are you integrating with third-party ticket management systems yeah a great question so you know one of our core uh, development principles is that we want to integrate with you know, the existing tools and systems and processes that companies have, both on the DevOps side as well as on the security side. So on the DevOps side, it means integration with CI/CD tools and also with other, uh, uh, other development tools like Jira or Slack so that you, you're notified and it's not no change to your existing process. Similarly, on the security side, if you see something that's alert, we integrate with existing SIMs um, and we provide all the context around it uh, for incident response and forensics. So, so it's all about, we, ha we have our own dashboard, but for a lot of our customers, it's also about making it easy to integrate with, with uh, existing systems and processes that they have in place. And, 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 and it's, also, it's also true for uh, capabilities that we provide. So for example, we provide our own vulnerability scanning capability. But for a lot of our customers, they've already invested in the vulnerability scanning um, solution, so we can leverage that and we get the input about the CVS score from, from them. And then we put our own layer of intelligence based on our integration Kubernetes, right? We, we put the context around it, and then based on that, prioritize the risk for the customer, which they can do in our dashboard or any system that they want to integrate. And the reason we're able to do that very easily is because we've architected the product from day one where you know, our front end, our UI, is calling APIs on the back end, right? So through webhooks, uh, REST APIs, very easy to integrate uh, you know, our data from our system into existing systems. Okay. Um, 
Well, one of the things, so so that I think kind of sums up the, the the questions that I had specifically. But as as we sort of wrap up, and then uh, we can continue talking about anything you want to talk about if you've got other uh, things you want to you want to address. But um, one of the questions I had that I wanted to kind of tie things together with, um, which I think ultimately we've probably hit on a lot of these, but I wanted to kind of sum it up, with, um, which is to ask what um, what would you say are the advantages Stack Rocks brings to market? Yeah, so our, you know, our core advantages are first and foremost, as we, as we mentioned earlier, it continues to be runtime uh, detection of threats. Uh, we use a combination of rules and whitelisting and behavior modeling to detect threats. And uh, most of the solutions use whitelisting, which is you know it's, it's important, but it's not uh, what's needed for a comprehensive solution. The second is uh, our deep integration with Kubernetes. And you know, we talked about the image-centric versus deployment-centric view, but even when it comes to networking, for example, we'll leverage you know, the built-in controls in Kubernetes. So for example, we'll show you what your network graph looks like, we'll allow you to make changes to policies, your network policies, we'll implement them as you know, in Kubernetes. Uh, so we'll write the YAML, we'll push it into Kube, and then you can leverage a CNI plugin like Calico to do the enforcement so you get you know, single place of control in Kube, and you get robust and scalable networking through CNI plugins, CNI plugins, right? Like Calico, for example. The third um, differentiator is really around uh, the closed feedback loop, right? So where we take intelligence and present deploy applies runtime and vice versa, and and and, th and that leads to you know continuous hardening of your environment that minimizes um, you know breaches moving forward. And what we encourage our customers to do is don't take our word for it. Uh, you know, do a POC uh, and, and really you know, use that to, to drive your, your decision-making process. Uh, I, I would like to touch on, you know, one of the common questions we get many from our customers is that aren't containers inherently secure? And, and they're absolutely right. Containers are inherently secure, but it depends on how you use them. But the reality is that containers and Kubernetes are extremely powerful. They have a lot of knobs, and you have to configure these knobs correctly. And if you and it's impossible to do it all manually. And we've already seen breaches uh, due to misconfiguration, as we saw with a large car manufacturer and also a large e-commerce company. And so, so what we do is we we have built-in policies. You think of them as guardrails to make sure that you don't make those configuration mistakes. Um, and alert you, and we'll, we'll prioritize it based on severity. So misconfiguration in a test environment, uh, which doesn't access sensitive data and is not externally accessible, is less of a concern than a misconfiguration in a critical system that's externally accessible that's accessing sensitive customer data. And then, you know, even if you configure everything correctly, there are vulnerabilities that uh, that are discovered and that will be discovered. We saw the first proved vulnerability discovered on December 5th, and it impacted all versions from 1.0 onward. And the reality is when you have software, you're gonna have vulnerabilities. So you need to make sure that you have solutions in place to detect them. And finally, you know, attackers are going to look for ways to break in, right? Um, as the old saying goes, 
you know, the predators will go where there is food in the system. So you have you need solutions to detect attacks at runtime to prevent damage from occurring. And then you have to capture all the necessary data for investigation forensics. And if you don't do that, uh, you know, you risk being a major headline on the front page of in, in the newspaper. Absolutely. And, and you know, kind, kind of on that uh, one of those last points, you know, as, as we've kind of gone from, hey, we're all moving to the cloud, you know, with our virtual machines uh, to, okay, well, now we're doing DevOps and we're doing microservices and containers and, and now there's, you know, been the uh, uh, kind of another shift to, you know, we went from container orchestration in general with multiple options and, and uh, those options still exist, but it seems like the market has pretty much settled on Kubernetes as like the thing. Um, but now, you know, in that in that scenario, in that environment, um, you know, what used to be when when I was a network admin, you know, a a physical room that I could walk into with physical servers on physical racks that I could unplug Ethernet cables from, uh, or just remove power. That whole infrastructure is just software now, and as long as it's just software, it, you know, someone's going to find the vulnerability uh, somehow or another. And so now, you know, so now your whole infrastructure is actually potentially exposed to risk. Exactly. You know, that, that's the. There are tremendous benefits to infrastructure as code, but there are also some downsides. And and I think you know if you're smart and if you think about it, um, it there are a lot of things you can do to proactively uh, minimize the risk. All right, very good. Well, I appreciate you uh, joining me, um, and uh, I look forward to seeing what uh, StackRock is going to do you know, the rest of the year. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. Really enjoyed it. Talk to you later. Okay, bye. I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of this week's episode of the Inner Circle podcast, Stackrocks. Stackrocks is a container security company that takes a fundamentally different approach to security. An approach where security is built in instead of bolted on and an approach that unshackles security teams from dealing with a patchwork of point solutions. Containers are not just another IT environment to secure. To Stackrocks, containers are a vehicle for establishing fundamentally better security across the entire enterprise, with breakthroughs in visibility, adaptive protection, and automation to exemplify that. If you are uh, a company that is embracing containers, adopting containers, which these days, what company isn't? Uh, you need to also understand uh, the importance of securing and protecting uh, those containers. And uh, you need a solution that will help you do that. And Stackrocks is a company that has such a solution. So take a look at Stackrocks. And uh, again, thank you to Stackrocks for supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and hopefully you are also following us on social media. But if you really want to stay up to date with what's new on Techspective, you need to also subscribe to our free email newsletter. The reason is uh, the algorithms used on social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter um, make it so that you might not see our content even if you do like or follow Techspective. So you can subscribe to our daily and or weekly email newsletter to make sure that you don't miss a thing. 
just scroll all the way down to the bottom right of Techspective and click on subscribe in the menu.